to this portion of the service here today. Um, today is a, a special day. It's a Mother's Day, and I say God bless you to each and every mom that is here. Um, I know Eldon had mentioned too, I'm not here to put moms on a pedestal, but uh, many, many things happen in our homes, and uh, as they happen, we just kind of expect them to continue to happen, but somebody does them. So, I, uh, I say God bless each and every one of you, one of you mothers that are here today, and uh, just got a couple little things here before I, before I get started on the message. Uh, George Washington, my mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I am, I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. Abraham Lincoln, all that I am or ever hope to be, I owe, I owe to my angel mother. I remember my mother's prayers, and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all my life. Andrew Jackson, there never was a woman like her. She was gentle as a dove and brave as a lion. The, the memory of my mother and her teachings were, after all, the only capital I had to start life with. And on that capital, I have made my way. Charles Spurgeon, I cannot tell you how much I owe to the solemn word of my good mother. I just, a couple men that we would have heard of in history and the quotes about their mom. And uh, real mothers know that their kitchen utensils are probably in the sandbox. Real mothers often have sticky floors, filthy ovens, and happy children. Real mothers know that dried Play-Doh doesn't come out of shag carpets. Real mothers don't want to know what the vacuum just sucked up. Real mothers sometimes ask, why me? And they get their answer when a little voice says, because I love you best. Real, real mothers know that a child's growth is not measured by height or years or grade. It is marked by the progression of mama to mommy to mom. So I say that as a little uh, saying I got from, and I just, I, I once again say God bless you to all the moms that are here today. Um, one more here before we get rolling. So God made a mother. He needed someone tender enough to cherish the thrill of a baby growing within her, and yet someone strong enough to survive the pain of childbirth. So God made a mother. He needed someone to care of that precious baby throughout the night and still take care of her home and the rest of her family throughout the day on minimal sleep. So God made a mother. He needed someone hard enough to say no to her children when she needed to and soft enough to break the rules of times and treat her kids to what they want. So God made a mother. He needed someone who could be in two places at one time with eyes in the back of their head, so God made a mother. He needed someone stern enough to paddle a little behind when it was called for, yet someone tender enough to heal a skinned knee with a band-aid, a hug, and a kiss, so God made a mother. He needed someone with callous knees, callous from hours spent there in prayer for her family, so God made a mother. He needed someone with a tough enough heart to show her children tough love, Yet sometimes the patience of Job and the soft heart to show trust to that child, so God made a mother. He needed someone with a heart that would always hold a place for that child, and yet have hands that would eventually open up and let that child go to find their place in this world, so God made a mother. 
He needed someone who would have the grace to welcome that child that had made a mistake back into the fold. So God made a mother. He knew he needed someone to watch over us as we made our life, as, as he made our way, our way through this life. So God made a mother. Kenny Richardson shared that, and I found it so true in my life and, uh, and so, many, so many lives. And all, all of you young moms here, God bless you. And older moms, God bless you too. Um, I think sometimes in, in life, as life, as you journey through life, sometimes um, in one case it's a little maybe easier in the stage we're at than maybe it was when I see all the young moms that have had to get three and four children ready to come to church and hustle out the door. And then it takes on a new challenge. And then as it just made a comment, then someday you have to let them go. That might be the hardest of all. But God bless each one of you for the time you've spent. Uh, this morning, I'd like to talk about our home just a little bit. And uh, not necessarily 100% directed at moms, probably moms and dads in each one of us as we live our life. And I would like us uh, to turn to Psalms 46. I'll be reading a couple verses out of there. And I've got three points on homes. And I realize that homes can be done into many, many points. We could spend Sunday after Sunday, day after day, year after year, preaching and teaching on our homes and what they should look like. And, and our homes should be a reflection of our life. So anything I share here today, I want us to think about it. First is our relationship with Jesus Christ and our personal life. But it should translate into our homes and what kind of a home we should have. So I acknowledge right up front that I am not going to, uh, um, the subject of our godly homes is not going to be exhausted at the end of the day. Um, you guys would be ready to go home before I even got close, but we are just going to touch it gently with a brush, and I hope it uh, encourages us as we, we live our life. The first, my first point is our home should be a, I'm going to label it as a storm shelter or a refuge. Psalms 46, and I'm going to read the first several verses there and then skip a couple here. But God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Though we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, and though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, Selah. Jumping down to verse 7, the Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. Jumping down to verse 10, be still and know that I am God and I am exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Proverbs 14, 26. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. And I bring this up because our refuge comes from God. It comes from Jesus Christ, and it comes with our relationship with Jesus Christ personally. And when he says, uh, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, God is our refuge. And I, bring, I, I, I come across this, and I, I think it is so true, because our trust and our belief in Jesus Christ is what will bring our homes into a home of refuge, into a home of, if I can call it that, a storm shelter. And our home should be a place of, uh, that the children can come, and it should be a place of confidence building. Uh, Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie.
And I believe our, our homes need to be a security for our children so they're confident. It needs to be a place where there's love shown. Our homes need to be a place where they can come home and they can maybe, you might say, uh, express themselves. And maybe sometimes it's a little bit chaotic. I'm not denying the fact that sometimes our homes, um, with the workload of life and with all that goes into it, become a little bit crazy unless your home's not like mine. But ultimately, the presence of Jesus Christ should reign so supreme in our home and in our lives that it is a refuge for our children, that our children know where their security lies, and that's in mom and dad and at home. Where they know there's love there, where they understand that. And I know that not everybody is gifted with that, unfortunately, in our homes. But I do know that I serve a God that is our refuge and strength. And each one of us has a choice to lead our life into that refuge and also provide a home for our children that is a place of safety and not chaos. I've heard people say, well, if you understood how chaotic my home was, you would understand. If I can be really honest with us adults today, if your home is so chaotic that you can't see through it, that's your job to change it. That's my job. That's our job as adults to make our home a refuge. Um, sometimes we like to use the excuse, well, there's a lot other going on in life. Guess what? Everybody has that. We all have to make a living. We all have to provide. But we have to be accountable and workable if we want our home to be a refuge for our children. As I mentioned, there's going to probably be days where it may seem like, you know what? Life's a little crazy. I came across a story by James Dobson. He writes in one of his books about a time when raising his son Ryan, surely his wife was at home with him, and while she was changing his diaper, the phone rang, and she reached over to answer it before fastening his diaper. At that moment, Ryan became... ...that you test the holding power of the diaper. She cleans him up, she cleans him all up and takes him into the living room to Does anybody else answer, ask yourselves that question once in a while? I'm not talking about that. That's the workload. Six, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. There's many other verses on the training of children. Proverbs 6, 20 through 23. I'm not going to take the time to read it here this morning, but children have to be taught. Once again, if your children are not taught, don't blame the children. Take a look in the mirror. That is our job as parents, as moms and dads. It is our job to provide a home where children are taught. They're taught to deal with life. They're taught how to get along. They're taught how to be honest and full of integrity. They're taught how to serve and how to look out for someone else. 
That's what our home should be. But let me tell you something. If you're not going to live it out, your schoolhouse will seem like something that nobody else is understanding. If we don't look out for anybody else, if we don't serve, if we're not honest, if we're not full of integrity, if we're not living a genuine life with Jesus Christ, then all the teaching and whatever we say will just most likely go out the window real, real fast. Because children will read our life. It will take you time to teach. It'll take us time to work. Our children are learning something. Don't kid yourself. Let's not fool ourselves. Our children are learning something. The question I ask you is, what are they learning? They're reading your life. They are reading you like an open book. And I'm not going to go into this story. I've shared this story before, but there was four scholars, and they were arguing over which translation is best of the Bible? And they had New King James Version, American Standard Version, and these. And, and the last one goes, the best version I ever had was my mom. And the rest of them looked at them and said, your mom? Your mom translated the Bible? He said, yeah. She translated it into life. She lived it. So the best translation I ever had was my mom. I think that is so true today. If we are going to teach our children and be a schoolhouse, if our home's going to be a schoolhouse, then we have to choose to live that out. What are you living? What are you living? The last point I have today that I'd like to share is our homes need to be a home and a worship center. I turn to uh, Hebrews 11, verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw him. He was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. And I'm going to stop right there. Um, we know this story. We also know in 2 Timothy, uh, the first few chat, first uh, few verses of 2 Timothy, and I'm going to paraphrase, but Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says, because of the faith of your grandma and your mom, and the generations that pass this faith down to you, is why you're here today. And I'd like to leave that as a challenge for us today, is that our home should be a worship center. So I just talked about our homes need to be a refuge so our children for strength. Our homes need to be a schoolhouse where we teach. And our homes need to be a worship center where, we, where our faith is shown to our children. And our genuineness is shown to our children. We understand the story of Moses. I think everybody in here knows the story of Moses. And how his mom and dad, he was born in a time when they were going to kill all the babies. So they put him in a little basket and set him in the Nile River. But one thing I would like to think about is, is by faith, they were not afraid of the king's command. Many, many of us have probably, actually I would say everybody in this building has been born at a time when it was not really that scary. There maybe have been things in our life that were turmoilish or a little bit shaky, but we have not been born in a time where it was like, now what do we do with this baby? Well, we know how the story went. We know that they raised that boy for a little bit. And that brief time 
that mom and dad had with baby Moses, I believe that they took extreme advantage of. We understand that Moses made mistakes. But what would have happened if they would have said, you know what, we only have this little bit of time and poor us. I mean, the chaos reigns in Egypt and uh, what are we going to do about it? Uh, you know, we only got a few years and then he has to go live in Pharaoh's house. So we'll just let Moses decide his path. We'll just let Moses decide where he's going to go and what he's going to do. How would have it turned out? Would have he ever been the great leader that he was? I believe that our house and our life, and I can, this one here comes back to each one of us personally, needs to be a center of worship. And we need to, be, to pass on a desire for the things of God to our children. The best things we can give our children is not possessions, not an ease of life, not popularity, not money, not education, but faith. And that faith in our life should show to the world around us and our children that leads them to a thirst after righteousness to accomplish what God has put them here to do. Genuine faith, and there's many more of them. You can read Hebrews 11. It's a huge blessing. But the faith of these people, that's why it's called the faith chapter. The sincere living out, walking with God. Moses had, in a sense, a life of ease. He could have chosen to stay in the, you know, in the courts of Pharaoh and live, but he chose not to. We know he made mistakes, but he ended up coming back and leading God's people out of Egypt. So I got a question in closing. Is your house or your home and your life a place of refuge? place of teaching, and a place of faith. What are you living? Ask yourself that question here today. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I thank you for each one of the families that are here and each individual that is here, God. And I just pray that our homes can be honoring and glorifying to you. Our lives can be glorifying to you. I thank you for all the moms. I thank you for all the countless hours of giving and caring and loving. Thank you for all the the godly moms that we have here today we are so blessed and i just ask you just to bless them as they walk this journey of life encourage them help us to honor and glorify you in everything we do and say in your name amen